Let's sit and enjoy the ride. Sip something, light it up, enjoy the ride. Cause the Sports City Chefs is on the night. In the kitchen cooking up, they on the ride. It's your boy Sirius back at the helm with another edition of the NFL Free For All, man, the division edition. You could bet anywhere in the world, but you're here with the chefs, and we definitely appreciate it. You all see, man, I'm full studded, man. I got a whole slew of guys sitting here ready to talk that divisional round. But if you know I don't do anything without my co-host, man, Barry the Villain Jordan's in the building. What we doing, my man? How we doing this evening? Villain, we here. There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Glad to be here. Glad to be on the show. Let's co- Let's cook, man. Let's go. Man, we got a lot to talk about, man. Coming in next, man, my man Chandler is in the building, man. The elder statesman of the building. How we doing today, sir? I have my old man nap, so I'm good to go. He got his old man nap, man. Drank his melatonin earlier. He's ready to rock and roll. The 49er, sub, the 49er fan himself is in the building. Breaking news, Hughes, man. How we doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm doing pretty good. I did not get a nap earlier, and I feel like I'm as old as... Chandler says he is, so uh, I'm, I'm a little I'm a little grumpy, man. So let's let's get this party started. You already know, man. You already know, man. Tim Klonica, my man, my softball guy, back in the building, the Detroit Lions fan. What's going on, my guy? How you doing this evening, sir? Man, I'm feeling real good, man. Real good. Excited to be back. It's been a long time, so really, really, really excited to be back. You mentioned last week, man, that. You know, you finally got something to share about with them lines, man. So it's going to be fun talking that, that line ball with you this evening. Uh, and, you know, Thomas is in the button. What's up, TP? How we doing this evening, sir? You're talking on mute. You're still on mute, sir. You're still not working. Took off the blazer. Loosened yes. up the time. Stepped aside the kitchen. Detroit is alive. I'm going to let them hold this seat right now because it's been a couple of years now. It's been at least since 91. I remember that when this guy was in the building. I don't know if y'all know who that is. Y'all know who that is? That's Barry, man. That's Barry. That's Barry. I'm not playing no more. This this one, everybody in the hood was like, when you see that, that's Barry. Yeah, we back now. We back. I'm I'm going to I got a lot in the clip. I feel like uh, Wyatt Earp right now. I got a lot in the clip. Go ahead and save that, man. I'm going to let you unload that here in a minute. But voices in the building, man. What's going on, my guy? How are you doing this evening, sir? Feeling good. Ready to go. Let's do All it. All right. Let's go, man. Let's go, man. The, the, the division round did not disappoint. Um, we had a lot. Uh, we got a lot to chew on, and I'm not going to waste anybody's time. I wanted to start with the first game. Um, 
Oh, okay. We were having some technical difficulties with Thomas. Let me go ahead and deal with that for a minute. Um, but yeah, we man. We okay, cool. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. The, the Baltimore Ravens uh, held serve at home versus the Houston Texans. This is the second time that these two teams have matched up. Um, and they have yet to cross pay dirt with the offense and get a touchdown. I wanted to see how you guys thought about it um, as it unfolded last Saturday at MIT Bank Stadium. Uh, Chandler, I I'll start with you, sir. This game really did unfold exactly how you thought it would. Um, tell me how, what made you predict that was that would go that way and what you think about it? Well, because I think the Texans don't have enough guys who know how to win yet. Mm -hmm. Um and I think that's really what it came down to is you had a team in the Texans who they're not there. They're not ready yet. You know what I'm saying? They, they, it's, it's like when that cake is almost cooked, but the center is still a little mushy. You know what I'm saying? That's really what it is because we saw the throws that he made. He made some throws in that game. You was like, damn, you know, um, the kickoff return, the defense in the first half. That defense mm -hmm. in the first half was playing lights out, okay? Now, granted, I think that uh, Munkin was doing a little too much in the first half where he kept trying to do these 50-yard bombs, you understand what I'm saying, and he kind of played into their hands. But, I, you know, you still want to – listen, give credit to where credit is. You know, they was getting to Lamar in that first half. They was holding it mm -hmm. down. Second half, the experience of the team, the experience of Lamar, the greatness of Lamar came out, and you you literally saw the divide between the teams. He's like, one mm -hmm. team was ready, one team wasn't. Um, but listen, them Texans ain't got nothing to be ashamed of. Them Texans fans, man, the future is not the future. Listen, you ain't got to wear shades, man. You got to wear them super duper shades. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. With the, the ultraviolet blockers and all that nonsense, man. <laughs> That's how bright their future is. I yeah. cannot wait to see how the Texans go. But the Ravens, I think, are just – Lamar is on a different level right now um, where he truly understands who he is as a player and as a human being. And I think that's what we're seeing. Definitely. I, I, I want to double-click on what you said uh, about Lamar being on another level. And I'm going to throw that question um, to Timeless, man. Uh, Chandler said Lamar's on another level – all of us here probably expect him to win the MVP. Um, is Lamar Jackson that much better than the Houston Texans? Um, or was it this was this a situation where the Texans were just, you know, haven't grown up yet and ran into a superior opponent? Of course. This is their first year running around with Ryans and a new court. There's a rookie quarterback, a rookie coach. Like, everything's kind of new. They're in new waters at this point in time. And Lamar has a point to prove, man. They're saying – He's an excellent player, but he can't win games in the postseason. So, of course, he had a chip on his shoulder, and they did it with a lot of time off. Like, they had the bye week and been stumping everybody from, I want to say, like week six on. They took care of business after they – I think they lost to your guys, the Steelers, I think. It was one of them games, and they lost to the Colts too. But other than that, they've been taking care – they had to sit people in the rain to lose a game. Like, that, that's what it really was like. And – they're doing this without Mark Andrews. I think he's going to be due back soon. If they get all their pieces, it's a juggernaut offense to deal with, let alone the one thing about Baltimore that's puzzling for a lot of teams around the NFL is their defense is fast everywhere. From the secondary to the, the second level to the front line, they, they got speed from Queen 
Um, mm-hmm. The linebackers make plays. Like, they could get to after your quarterback no matter what. So, it's like you're making – quarterbacks make erratic plays. So, that's mm-hmm. that's the tough part that Houston ran into a bus or that got a point to prove in the AFC altogether and trying to catch the champ, the, the Chiefs. Yeah. I feel you. Tim, I'm, I'm going to throw this at you, so I'll give you the opportunity to talk about it. The Houston Texans surprised a lot of people this year with how far they went. They ran into a bus all and the Baltimore Ravens as the one seed. Um, did this game kind of shape up the way you thought it would, or were you surprised by anything you saw Saturday? No, I, I pretty much thought that's the way it was going to go. I mean, Baltimore is the most complete team in the, in the playoffs right now. I mean, mm-hmm. top to bottom from offense, defense, special teams. I said that last week, and I, I, I stand true with that. Um, Lamar is on a different level, you know, and people forget that this offseason, you, you look at what happened with him and the franchise tag and people saying, oh, not good enough, not paying him, not going to do this, you know, all the way to the point of, you know, what was said about, oh, he's got his mom negotiating his contract and all the all the negative stuff that was said about him. I mean, you gave this dude a, a billboard of bulletin board material like <laughs> top to bottom i mean if there was anybody out there right now that has the most to prove this no year as far as one player man it's it's lamar he he's mm-hmm. and, and he's doing it to, to his credit he's doing it you know not bad for a, a running back who can throw the ball isn't that what it was a running no back who can the ball or a guy <laughs> no who needs power. to be a receiver not bad right yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's it's it, it's no it's power. funny. No power. I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on with the technical difficulty. Um, no I'm not power. sure. <laughs> no somebody's, power. Somebody's got to charge their mics. Charge them. I got charge the no mics. No power. I was thinking every time you no guys power. go to talk, it does that. Okay, and maybe me. Who knows? Um, but breaking news. I'm, I'm gonna come to you next, sir. No power. Um, no power. Definitely not me. No. It is definitely not me. So break, breaking news. I, I'm gonna come to you next, sir. Um, this this Baltimore Ravens Houston Texans team. Um, you know this te- Houston Texans game. Excuse me. Kind of lived up to what we thought it was. Um, you, did you anything surprise you? Um, as this game unfolded. Now, to be completely honest with you, the game went exactly like I thought it would. And if you remember from last week, I, I said the one concern that I had was that the Baltimore Ravens really don't have, uh, we'll say, complementary wide receivers. Uh, their leading receiver in the game was Dave Flower, four catches for 41 yards, and they scored 31 points. I think what this game illustrates And I really think sports fans often overlook or they don't realize when they see greatness because they they think it comes around all the time. There's about four quarterbacks on the planet that when they bring their A-plus game, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how well schematically you scheme. It doesn't matter what type of defenders you have. You're not going to win. And that's literally what happened. Literally in the third quarter, Lamar took over, decided, you know what? I'm going to start running the ball. They think they're going to spy me with one guy. Yeah, big mistake. That didn't work. So he ends up going for 11 for 100 yards and two scores and basically accounts for about 95% of their offense. And, you know, next thing you know, you look up at the score and it's 31-14. 
or 31-13 or whatever whatever the final was. And I we, we all know it was 10-10 at halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think give the Texans a ton of credit. The one thing I, I've said about them, and I'll continue to say, Bobby Sloak, the offensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryan's a head coach. Like, first-time offensive coordinator, first-time head coach. But I never felt like all throughout the year, even towards the end of the year, even into the playoffs, I never felt like they were unprepared. I never mm-hmm. felt like this Houston Texans team um, was like a fish out of water or didn't, you know, uh, didn't come into the game mentally and physically prepared for the task at hand. And that's huge. You're, you're taking a team that doesn't have a culture of winning, that doesn't have a culture of pulling out tough games. And, you know, not only not only were they able to make the playoffs, which nobody thought, but they were actually able to win a playoff game, which is huge for this franchise and huge for their confidence. But I just think ultimately, like I said last week, and I'll say it again this week, you know, the real Superman is Lamar Jackson. When that guy mm-hmm. has is on his A game, it doesn't matter which one of these teams. It could be the Chiefs. It could be the Lions. It could be the Niners. If he's on his A-plus game and he's hitting throws and running the ball like that, he's unbeatable. Yeah. You know, for me, honestly, um, this game really did unfold in a manner in which I thought it would. I felt that the Baltimore Ravens were the superior team. Um, I figured they would be able to kind of flex their muscle, so to speak, and, and overpower the Houston Texans. I also believe that the elements in the weather played a tremendous factor. Um, and how bad, if you will, the Houston Texans looked. Um, it was extremely cold out this way uh, last weekend. Uh, temperatures were in the teens uh, with the wind show. Not Doesn't bode well for a team from, from, from Houston, Texas, coming out this way uh, to, to play a ball game. I felt as though C.J. Stroud did the best that he could. Um, they kept showing pictures of his mom in the stands, praying and doing her thing. Um, and, you know, it, it made my heart feel good, you know, that mom would travel all that way and support her son, um, sit in the elements and not in the skybox and everything. But ultimately, at the end of the day, and I felt as though Baltimore slept walk through the first half, you know, kind of played with their food a little bit. Um, and then they was like, all right, second half, let me go ahead and flex real quick and, you know, get this, get this one out of reach. And that's exactly what they did. Um, villain, I don't think I came to you with this one yet. Um, I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about it before we go to the second game uh, on, on Saturday evening. Yeah, I can agree, completely agree with the panel. Uh, I, I'll echo what Chandler said. Um, the, the future in Houston is bright. We've said it before, like last year around this time, we were destroying the Texans organization for how bad it was, how much of a joke it was to go from that to high. I didn't think they had a snowball's chance in hell of hiring DeMarco Ryan's. He comes in, he changes the culture. They, they hit on their two number one picks in Anderson and and CJ Stroud. And you got arguably defensive player of the year and our offensive rookie player of the years, right? Both of those kids, unbelievable rookie seasons, right? So a lot, lot, lot of props to them, but they showed their age. They had what? 17 penalties. I think it was. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, they really showed their youth and, and not that the, those, the lights were too big, but they were just a young team and you could see the poise of the Baltimore Ravens. And I agree with you serious. Um, I don't think it was more or less playing with their food more than it was 
they basically had two weeks off. Like they didn't play against your Steelers and then they had the bye week. So they hadn't played. The last time they played was when they beat the crap out of the Dolphins, right? That's the last time they had played a real meaningful football game. So they looked like that a little bit, but then their second half, they put they put their their foot to the to the pedal and they took off because you look at that first half even though baltimore kind of outplayed the texans a little bit that punt return made it a, a, a tie ball game and they had the ball back right to, uh, mm-hmm. in the second half so it could have got out of hand really quickly but baltimore stepped up that like tp said that defense is fast they get after you they blitz they, when you can get pressure and then allow corners to, to really get in your face on the outside. Like Nico Collins had nowhere. He couldn't get in his routes. They couldn't get in secondary routes. They couldn't do double moves. They couldn't do anything. Um, mm-hmm. the, the secondary for the Ravens was unbelievable. So it was a really, out of all the games, I think it was the most dominant performance out of the whole weekend. It was only a half of football where they really dominated, but that just showed how close the other games were as well. So the right. Ravens are moving on, and, and I like I like what I saw. I feel you. I feel you. Royce, I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about the Baltimore Raven-Houston Texans game. I'm not sure if you caught any of it, but the Baltimore Ravens kind of flexed their muscles and kind of took care of business against uh, – an opponent that they was definitely superior than how'd you feel about it? Well, it's absolutely the tale of two halves, right? Um, right. Half times 10, 10. Uh, I mentioned uh, in the preview week that a team that made a play in special teams might give themselves a chance, you know, uh, uh, the more inferior team, the more inexperienced team that happened to be the Texans. They got the big play from Sims. It's 10, 10 quarterback offense hadn't put a, a touchdown on the board they had to do that through special teams unfortunately for the texans that was the only seven points they got all game long and that to me was the difference truly uh whatever it was lamar jackson said to his teammates they heard the word they came out they executed it was smash mouth football from there all we saw was ravens the rest of the second half the texans weren't yeah. there after uh halftime so uh, the better team did win. The team that was really ready to uh, punch their ticket and keep advancing, again, got the victory and established themselves as a, a definite true contender for a Super Bowl victory this season. Yeah, yeah. The Baltimore Ravens look like they are not to be played with, um, which poses a very interesting matchup versus the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll talk about that. Uh, either tonight or on a, on a later show. But I wanted to pivot and talk about the other game that took place on Saturday night. Uh, Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers went over to California and battled with the 49ers. And for me, uh, I know Brian's going to talk about this at length. For, for, for me, it, it was interesting to watch how this game unfolded. It, it, it really was. Um, the 49ers looked like they were stuck in quickstand. Um, they looked like they couldn't get off blocks. Aaron Jones was running all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. They were still scheming receivers open. Um, and honestly, for, for a good portion of that ball game, the Packers were, were, were winning. I mean, they, they had me convinced that they were going to go in there and pull off an upset um, until I remember the history. <laughs> Um, I, I, it doesn't matter who it is. The, the, the Green Bay Packers tend to always falter late 
versus a 49ers team. But if you're a Green Bay Packers fan, you should not be uh, walking around with your head 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 down, if you will. Um, they came to play, and um, I want to kind of hear what Breaking News had to say about his ball club um, as they, I want to say, escaped, but they found a way to win. Talk to me, Breaking News. Listen, I have an obligation to be honest before anything else. We're all fans here, but what you, everything you just said is absolutely true. We all have eyes. We all saw what happened. Uh, the, the 49ers got, got caught sleepwalking. The same thing that happened with the Ravens in the first half happened with the Niners, just against, let's be honest, probably a better team. The Niners hadn't played meaningful ball in three weeks. They didn't look prepared. Uh, I'm just going to call it what it is. They did not look prepared, and they were in a dogfight, you know, come the third quarter. That was the first time all year long that I've seen the Niners get very conservative. If you guys go back and you remember at the end of the first half, there was about two minutes to go, and the Niners were driving. Uh, They got – very, very conservative, basically playing somewhat keep away, but basically relegating and settling for three points. And that's kind of, uh, it's kind of what I would call like what bad teams do. Bad teams try to conserve a lead. Good teams try to win the game. And the Niners, it felt like we're playing for a field goal. And and, uh, as you guys know, the field goal got blocked. And they went into halftime, not up what they hoped to be, and they were in a dogfight. From a 49er fan's perspective, I think this was a really good thing. Uh, I think it was a good thing in the sense that they, I think, you know, you, we, we never know on the outside, but, but, but to, the, to the viewing audience, to me, it looked like they kind of thought, you know, we're the one seed and we're anointed and that we should just kind of show up and win. And the Packers didn't have that same script. And they had to fight hard in the third and fourth quarter in order to kind of claw their way back into that game. Now, there was plenty of things to be excited about for that game because the first half obviously was not very good. But, you know, as my man Chandler mentioned last week, you get the Niners in a hole. Uh, if they're down going into the fourth quarter, they're 0-30. Well, now they're 1-30 because they did. They proved with Brock Purdy they can come back. They proved they, Brock Purdy another another W another W in the playoffs. You know when it when it mattered when he needed it, he was six of seven and the only pass he didn't complete on the last drive, literally hit right off George Kittle's hands on second down. So from that perspective, the Niners did what they needed to do and the defense did step up when they needed to. But I don't think there's anyone here, including myself, that wouldn't say. If they show up with that type of performance against the Lions, they're 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 going to lose by double digit, and they know that. I you know you can I don't have to tell you guys. You guys can go listen to national media. You can go and listen to what they're saying in press conferences. Even the players at practice, they know that they have to play a lot better football. Um, but like you said, Jordan Love has totally totally impressed me. He really has. The way Matt LaFleur calls games totally, totally impresses me. And I can't remember who the commentator was, but I got to tell you, you know what? It did bring 
a thought to my mind. The last two years, when Matt LaFleur had Aaron Rodgers, that offense did not look like it looks now. And we've mm-hmm. heard how often Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers checks and audibles. I'm mm-hmm. wondering I'm wondering if Aaron Rodgers was hamstringing Matt LaFleur's offense. Yep. Because the offense that we saw this mm-hmm. year didn't look like the same offense that we saw the last two years. The running game looks good. The passing game looks good. And, um, you know, I'm – I am so happy for uh, Green Bay Fat Packers, so happy for Jordan Love. But I do want to just real quickly say one thing, just food for thought. And, and this is something that kind of irks me. So go and look at how many wide receivers have been drafted in the first, second, third, or fourth round for Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson over the last six years. Now, Let's say in the last three years, excuse me, let's say the last three years, because I think that's how long Jordan, three or four years that Jordan Love's been there. Now look at how many have been drafted by the Green Bay Packers. The Packers get it. They realize it. You've got Dobbs. You've got Wicks. You've got Musgrave. You've got Watson. They have literally drafted and developed and have guys' talent around this guy where these other teams just completely rely only on their star quarterbacks to do everything, to do everything. And it's Mm -hmm. like at some point you have to realize it doesn't matter how talented you are. At some point you have to draft these other pieces that are needed. But listen, hell of a game. The the Packers were the better team. Make no mistake about it. The Niners were just the better team when it counted in the fourth quarter. Right. Yeah. um, I'm going to throw this to Chandler really quickly. um, But – I, I like what you said. You got to surround your quarterback with the pieces and the talent to, to 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 help him. The Baltimore Ravens did address that this this pass draft, picking up Zay Flowers. But Chandler, you actually picked the Packers to to win this ball game, and your reasoning was Kyle Shanahan. Um, did this game kind of unfold the way you thought? And were you like myself that thought that the Green Bay Packers may pull off the upset, or did it kind of turn when? The, the Carlson guy missed the kick, and you kind of saw the writing on the wall. When he missed that field goal, I knew the Packers weren't going to win. Yeah, <laughs> I was, and I wanted to because we were in the text chat, and I wanted to text it, but I'm like, you know, I, I didn't want to say it. I knew they were going to lose that game. Knew they were going to lose the game when he missed that when he missed that kick. Because up until that point, if he makes that kick, they go to overtime, and I think the Packers win that game. Mm-hmm. You know, I really do. I think they go to overtime, and I think the Packers win. And for me, it speaks to why I don't trust Kyle Shanahan. That team should, that game shouldn't have been close. Shouldn't have been. But Debo went out and the offense looked awful. In the the game, The offense looked awful. Yeah. You can't lose one guy and your offense go to crap. I'm sorry. Now, if you're supposed to be some offensive wonderkind, as everybody keeps telling me Kyle Shanahan is. It, it, it shouldn't happen, but it does. So, yeah, I, um, now somebody could have won some money if they were <laughs> taking the Packers plus the points, but I'm not going to get into that right now. <laughs> 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 but I honestly, that was a great game in, in the sense of we watched a young up-and-coming team and we watched a team that should have won the game throw some metal and show some spine. You know, and mm-hmm. pull it out in the end like they should have. 
But yeah, uh, when Carlson missed that kick, man, I was like, you got to be kidding me, man. I'm going to have to listen to Brian Tony. Damn, nine is one more week. <laughs> <laughs> and here he sits. Here he sits. Villain, I, I thought at you, sir. Uh, the 49ers escaped by the hair and the chinny chin chin. Um, I want to spice this up a little bit um, mm-hmm. and let you answer your question. Um, did the Packers lose it or did the 49ers get lucky and win it? Um, I think the, the Niners got lucky. The The Packers outplayed him for 55 minutes. I mean, that's, that's what happened. Like, yeah. you know, Chandler and Chandler and breaking news are right. I mean, the Packers outside of one throw by Jordan love, which was a Cardinal sin throw it across your body into the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. They should have won this football game. And I saw I saw a guy that everybody wants to anoint as the next Tom Brady or better than Joe Montana play tight. He played tight. He he was yeah. under throwing guys, throwing it in the dirt. Just, you know, it some of the some of the, the completions he was making was sailing pretty high. Brock Purdy. So I mean Brock Purdy, it's it, it's kind of the opposite, and, and Hughes knows this too. Like usually, San Francisco spots him a lead, and he kind of you know manages the game and, and and gets his stats and gets his numbers. He didn't have a good game, and he had to come in the fourth quarter and make plays. Usually, when that happens, he doesn't do it. He did it mm-hmm. on the last drive. I got to give him credit. Right now, it helps when you got McCaffrey to hand the ball off to, and he ran it for the game go-ahead touchdown. Right, and he almost had a hundred yards. I think he had a hundred twenty um, yards from scrimmage, 100%. what have you. Yeah. Um, so it, that helps, right? But when Debo went out the game, you could see the offense kind of stalled. They they couldn't figure it out. And, you know, give LaFleur credit. He schemed a really good game against that defense. That Niner defense is pretty darn good. And mm-hmm. he schemed it perfectly. Receiver in motion, short motion, get him in the inside, get to the outside. It was it was textbook, and they couldn't stop it. They couldn't figure it out on that defensive look. Chase, Chase Young, look, I, did, I didn't know he played. Where was he? Mm-hmm. I didn't see him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but give them credit. When they had to make the big play, they did. They got the interception. Go down. Go down when he got that right. interception. Running all across the field. What are you doing? But um, yeah. I, I agree with, with, with Brian. It's a wake-up call. But I tell you this, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. If they play a game like this this Sunday, they will go home. They cannot yeah. play another game like this. And, and they. I hope they wake up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I definitely agree with what you're saying, man. Like, go down, go down, go down. <laughs> like we we all yeah, we, the, we game's all the game's over. The game's over. Go down. <laughs> um, you know, I I I I'll, I'll say this about Jordan Love and then Timeless. Uh, I'm gonna throw it at you here in a second. Um, Jordan Love has 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 feasted and gotten away, um, with doing that type of stuff. For a while, mm-hmm. um, you know, we look at Josh Allen. We'll talk about him later on. That trust their arms so much and try to fit, you know, passes in the tight windows. Um, but again, the cardinal sin of playing quarterback is you don't go back across the middle of the field late, and and he did it there. I'm curious to see what it take what it took place if they would have made it interesting. But you know, Greenlaw being the All Pro that he is made to play. To, to help his help his team, 
Thomas, I'll come to you next, sir. Um, San Francisco escapes um, against the Green Bay Packers. Um, Tell me how you felt about it. And if you want to go ahead and speak on the the other question I posed, you know, if the Packers lost it or if the 49ers won it, you know, take it anywhere you want to go, sir. Um, This is very interesting because now all of the hoopla that we've heard all throughout the season, San Francisco going to the two goals, San Francisco that, we've seen the chink in the armor. And the way Aaron Jones is running the ball up the middle, it's like, oh, they're bleeding. It's like the movie Jaws. Like, there's blood in the water. So they got to figure that out. Why it burns me that teams go away from the blueprint. Like, it works and then they try to do something else. Something that I learned a few years ago from a guy that's here named Chandler Knight. People need to stop trying to be the smartest person in the room because it'll mm-hmm. cost you in the long run. And the worst part about it is LaFleur always wants to be the smartest guy in the room. What does it cost him every year? Right here, he stubbed his toe. Oh, my head. Like, he bumped his head or something. They can't always keep blaming this on Aaron Rodgers. They can't always keep blaming this on the defense. They can't blame LaFleur is the leader, and they keep falling short with at least a, a stout team. The Packers are respected for decades to get it done, and they're falling short with everything. So what's the excuse? And I can't. I, I don't want to put no pressure on Jordan Love because he's young. This is the first real season of starting, and he got him that far. For him to actually have a good game against at least Bosa, because I agree with Barry, um, there's nothing I could say that Chase Young did this year that impressed me at all. It's like I was mad being a Lion fan saying the commander sent them to the 49ers. It's like, send them because he's, he's not doing anything there. It's like you're stealing money from whatever team you go to, stealing money. So um, there, there's blood in the water. I give San Fran their credit. They held a serve at home. But Green Bay mm-hmm. definitely could have won that game. That That's for sure. And I, I bet you everybody in the Bay held their breath. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. Uh, Big Tim, I, I throw it at you, sir. Uh, the Detroit Lions uh, opponent this week, the San Francisco 49ers, uh, escaped. Um, got themselves a, 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 a last-second win. And, again, I don't want to keep saying the word escaped um, because it, it sounds disrespectful, but I, I got to call a spade like I see it. Um, and breaking news, Hughes kind of agreed with me. <laughs> they they got away with one and uh get to host your guys next week. But how'd you feel that game unfolded on Sunday versus the Green Bay Packers? Uh, just what Timeless said, man. I, Green Bay was having success and then just decided, okay, well, that's too easy, let's make it harder. Like, I, I, right. I, I, I hate that, mm-hmm. like, that drives me nuts. Offenses do that all the time. It's a uh, it's almost like a oh well let, let's let's see what else we can do let let's try something mm. else stupid or you know honestly that Niners offense is a good offense playing keep away wasn't the worst thing I mean just run the clock run the clock shorten the game I think that you know I won't say they escaped because at the end of the day this is playoff football you know it's all gonna get ugly. All the games are going to get ugly. The The defense is going to be ugly. Very, 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 very rarely do we see a pretty football game in playoff football. So I won't say they escaped at the end of the day. I don't think the, the Packers blew it because at the end of the day, the Niners had the lead, you know, when, when love threw the interception. If anything, you know, Packers had a shot, but I, I won't say the Niners, Niners, uh, escaped and I won't say that the Packers blew it because the Niners did what they needed to do to win the game. And at the end of the day, nothing else matters in that stat column other than 
wins and losses. Right, right. I can respect it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 I can respect it. You know, ultimately the, the 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 job is to win the ball game. Um, and the 49ers found a way, whether it was pretty or ugly. You know, my dad used to say this um, as I, I was as I was playing or coaching. He goes, "Aaron, I'd rather you lose um, win ugly than lose pretty." So, um, Royce, I, I, I'll come to you next, sir. Um, the Green Bay Packers and 49ers game unfolded Sunday night. Um, you heard what Tim said, and I kind of respect it. Um, I'm, you know, holding to the fact that the 49ers escaped, but Tim does pose an interesting point. How do you feel? I thought the Packers had the opportunity to win that game. I thought they were in complete control at one point in time. And as the guys kind of already uh, stated, they had the recipe for success. All they had to do was continue to play that style of football. They got away from that. The 49ers, as a veteran team, capitalized. Uh, McCaffrey is exactly who we say he is. I mean, he's a special player. He handled his business. He showed up. He did not disappoint. Um, he was the difference, in my opinion, uh, is, is, is the catalyst and the reason uh, the 49ers absolutely prevailed in this game. I thought the Packers had the opportunity to um, move the ball down the field and not only put themselves in field goal position, but actually score a touchdown and leave San Francisco, you know, with their jaws dropped to the floor. But, you know, experience is is a big difference. It really matters. And Jordan's love, Jordan loves inexperience in the NFL with playoff games, even though I'm sure he's been coached well throughout his career up to this point. He knows better. We're not going to act like you don't know to not make that pass at this point of his career, even though it's a young NFL career. But he did it anyway. And in basketball, we call that hero ball. Yes, sir. He attempted to make a hero ball play, and um, it never works out, which is unfortunate. Nonetheless, we were thoroughly entertained. We got a great game. Uh, the Packers have a very nice team moving forward. Um, I think they're going to be really hard to beat uh, in some seasons to come. Uh, and when it comes to the 49ers, look, I, I, I'm not up on the history of Shanahan and so forth and so on. But one thing about that McCaffrey, man, he just, every time I see him, he reminds me of a very, very uh, special legend running that ball and John Riggins. I can't not look at him and think Riggins with speed. <laughs> he just <laughs> makes plays. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what I think about, man. And so mm. um, that, that makes them um, a real contender. Yeah. You know, those Riggins led teams were, were, were different contenders. So that's what I kind of got out this game. Congrats to the 49ers. I think everybody in the kitchen is excited about this matchup coming up this weekend. It's going to be a good one, and I need to, you know, get on, you know, the calendar and talk about, see when we can talk about this this championship week. But before we press on, we got two other games to break down. But before we go, let's pay some bills. Shout out to PHI Payoff for sponsoring today's show and the rest of the shows here on Sports City Chefs, the network. 
This portion of our program is brought to you by PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Company provides unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of the Philadelphia area. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt that they'll stand out in the crowd. Act now and listeners can use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co. Remember to use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off. Act now while supplies last. Shout out to PHI Apparel sponsoring this show and the rest of the shows here on Sports City Chefs, the network. Check out their the, the wonderful deals on phiapparel.co. And again, use the promo code CHEFS to receive 15% off, um, off your purchase. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're going to transition now and talk about the game that took place on Sunday. Um, now, before we even get started, we got two Lions fans here in the building. I'm gonna need y'all to keep your answers brief. Uh, I don't, I don't want anybody trying to sneak a preach. Um, but I want you to talk your stuff, man, because the Lions did their thing. And I'm gonna start with Big Tim, man. The Lions won an impressive ball game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. Uh, I, I don't even know where to begin with that, man. Um, you're one of the biggest Lions fans I know, man. Get, get, talk to me, man. How you feel? Well, uh, I still don't believe it. Uh, I woke up Monday morning, had to roll over, check my phone. I'm like, no, that that really did happen. Okay. You know, um, all in all, I thought we played well. I don't think we played, you know, A1 football. And, you know, at the end of the day, Baker did exactly what Baker does. He kind of shelled up in that game. You could see the pressure. When they blitzed and they got close to him, it was all over. And, you know, just to run it back on the the whole comments about the Packers, same thing with the Lions. Like, why did we stop blitzing him? Why did did we not bring pressure more? You know, we weren't getting home with four, and we're just sitting back and playing coverage, and we keep giving up these third down and 12s and third down and, you know – 14s and we're, we're giving up first downs on them because we're sitting back and playing coverage. We ain't got that type of secondary. Somebody get to the cornerback. You know, I, I like what we got going on with Branch and Melifonwu and, and and those guys being able to come off the edge as a, as a blitzer. And they're getting home, I mean, way more than they probably should be. I, I'm, I'm willing to live and die with that. This secondary is awful. I mean, God. Cam Sutton is – I don't even know. I'm running out of words, man. I'm, I tried I'm to tell y'all words. about him. I tried to tell y'all about Cam. <laughs> yeah, I, I blame I blame the Steelers. They ruined him. <laughs> that, that, that's it. Like they, they ruined him because, you know, I was I was sort of excited. I'm like, ah, oh, dude, dude's solid, you know. That's all he needed to be was solid. But he – I think it was the first pass play to Mike Evans – He's looking on the inside, and Mike Evans is chilling on the outside of the numbers. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? And then, I, I don't know if he didn't, if he forgot how tall and how strong he was with the with the press and the the jam at the line of scrimmage that Mike Evans just flicked him off to the side, like get off me, and it just brutal. I mean, he was responsible for even letting the Buccaneers stay in this game. Other than that, I thought the Lions played well defensively and came up with big stops again in the second half. They did what they did, 
you know, week one of the playoffs and they, they locked it down. They, they made great second half adjustments defensively. I thought, um, to, to really, you know, second half adjustments defensively, I thought, um, okay. All right. I don't know what we got to echo, but we'll figure that out. Thanks so much, Tim. Um, Timeless, I I, 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 don't even, I don't even think I need to tee this up for you, sir. Um, Lions got it down. Uh, you rocking the Barry Sanders joint today, so you feeling some type of way. You came on the joint singing. You know, talk to me, man. How you feel? Um, I mean, we still got a game, but we got two games to go. However, a game, two games, we still got to handle business out in California. But, you know, since I brought Detroit with me, I brought Tim with me. You know, he's from Detroit, man. He's from the mix. What up, though? I got to say that to people in Detroit. What up, though? If y'all don't know the slang, get out there. Y'all know the code. But um, this is he's the guilty conscience, the bad side. He be Eminem. I be Dr. Dre, right? So he, he talk about the bad. I talk about the good. I remember back in April, everybody sat there in their living rooms like, will the 12th pick, the Detroit Lions select, Jameer Gibbs. Everybody said, what the heck are they doing? Oh my goodness. Now everybody like, well, how did they get this guy? What are they talking about? How did they try to get him? The dude's explosive. So he's he's so fast. Winfield had the, the the angle on him. He taking off on him, looking at him like you if you want to play catch, we can go get it. We can go get it. Give, I'm gone. He we like he should have threw the deuces up on him like how Tyreek did him. And then like I feel like success all throughout the season, even though everybody knows his name, it's not household yet. Sam LaPorta, if I meet you, you probably got to be one of the best rookie seasons I've ever seen in my life. Like, built for the big game, uh, having a hyperextended knee, coming back with the brace for two games, still performing a decent amount on the field. And um, probably the hero in Detroit, Michigan right now is Frank Ragnow. Buy that guy a beer or a steak or something. He's our all-pro center. However you look at it, he got his knee rolled up. He's supposed to be out of there. Barry knows what it's like to play with a rolled-up knee. That, that hurts. It's not, it's not cool. Believe me. And he came in there in a playoff game up against Vita Vea and all of them and balling. So you got I, – I, they pick on Detroit on the defensive side of the ball. The ultimate compliment I could give to Detroit right now that everybody's been talking junk for the past couple of years, Jared Goff. Yeah. Picture yeah. 65,000 people screaming your name, and they know about Detroit for one thing, that offense. Who says hike? Period. I mean, St. Brown is a monster. Don't get me wrong. If y'all keep disrespecting Amon Rod, and, and hey, I, I don't know. He's all pro. Sorry. Y'all y'all say he can't make the Pro Bowl, but he, he's an all pro. I, I don't I don't get it. Like, y'all tell me how the bias that these people have. But it's another conversation. But they, they want to discredit everything they can. It's like, we got to keep proving to these people that we got to get it done. Sunday will be the ultimate. That's all I got to say. Yeah, man. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how that game plays out. I, I personally felt as though, even though the game was close, I felt as though Detroit never lost control of the will. Um, I just always felt watching that game unfold on Sunday that Detroit would find a way to, to get it done, even though, again, Cam Sutton, you know him personally, you know, he, he gets cooked more times than any, you know, DB I know, maybe besides Artie Burns. Um but ultimately, man, I just felt as though at some point Hutchison and that defensive front 
would generate some type of pressure, move Baker Mayfield off his spot. And once Baker Mayfield gets happy feet, he starts turning the ball over. Um, again, another situation I know personally being as though he got drafted to you know Cleveland. I'm still a fan. You know, the, the connection is what it is. But, villain, I, I, I'll come to you, sir. Um, the Lions, you know, whole serve at home. The score would indicate that this game was closer than, than, than it should have been when, you know, Detroit went up by 14 or whatever. I was like, yo, it's a wrap, and it kind of unfolded in that manner. How would you see that thing playing out, man? I texted Ty. I said, it's it. It's it. It's going to the next round. And Ty was like, oh, no, not till it's over. Not till it's I over. I couldn't text him. I couldn't text him. I had him to because I knew it was over. I knew it was over. Last time I texted him something about it being over, he comes on the show and so I'll talk about how I'm a Lions fan. So I, I refuse <laughs> to text Ty in the middle of any game anymore. I, I'm not doing it. I, I'll let you do it, sir. But well, go ahead. Well, no. I, I'm I'm sitting down here in my basement with the little villains, and 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 my star, and I'm just screaming, rooting for the Lions, man, because it's just a great story mm-hmm. so far. I mean, I listen, you know, me and TP and uh, and you, Aaron, we all were talking back and forth and going crazy, especially the beginning of the season. I said, I after that that Packers game at the end of the season last year, Sunday night. I expected the Lions to win this division and and get into the playoffs. And I would not accept anything less. I saw the talent that TP had been screaming about, and it was here. It was time, right? And then going into the draft, I'm like, why the hell do you spend that first-round pick on Jameer Gibbs? And 110 all-purpose yards later in in the division round, you see why that kid is fast. That kid is electric. They could not stop him. And with that offensive line, who some one of the linemen that uh, swell, right? Swinna, whatever that you didn't like. Yeah, Pinay Swell. I told you that's the pick. That was the pick. And I and that line is unbelievable. Rin, Rin, I mean, Renal, to your point, TP, P, Peter Vay is a big guy. Vay is a big guy. And to get that push on the offensive line on a bad knee, that is just – that is the Lions season right there. Like, just the will to win that game and to make that play. That's the season right there in a the microcosm, if you could think about it. So, um, I was happy for him. Jared Goff, like I said last week, a guy that the Rams use as a scapegoat to 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 really say the reason we didn't beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, he was a throw-in in a trade to get rid of Matt Ryan because it was like we were gonna oh we'll take that salary off your books we'll keep him for a year or two but we're gonna draft our future you got your future quarterback in my opinion that's your guy right there there's no question about it and you it, you know you could say the Rams won that trade but right now the Lions are looking pretty pretty sweet in that trade because you got picks out of it and you got a quarterback you can believe in. So um, it's just great. Going into the game, Baker got hot. And when he gets hot, it gets scary. But to to the guy's point, he it's that one throw, right? That one throw where he gets a little too cute. Like he gets, he he gets too close to the sun and that's what happened. And it was a heck of an interception um, to, Mm -hmm. to steal the game. So, um, you know, listen, the Lions played pretty well on defense. You know, they got they were able to get pressure. Aiden Hutchinson, I think you, you saw the, the Buccaneers move the ball down the field 
But, you know, they kind of missed some opportunities, settle for field goals early. That kind of, Like I said, you settle for field goals, it's going to hurt you. And then the big play by Hutchinson to get that sack to push him out of field goal range, I think, in the second quarter, that was a big play. So that was points they left on the board. And once that kind of happened, the Lions really kind of took control of the game and snatched it away from uh, the Bucks. So it was a good win, and it's on to the next one for the Lions, man. It, it was a good game. It's going to be interesting to see how this thing plans out, man. Like, again, I agree with what you said, man. Thomas, you know, again, spot on, Tim, spot on. Breaking news, man. Talk to me, dog. The Detroit Lions held serve at home. Got a a, a much-needed victory versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't think anybody sitting here last week thought that the Buccaneers had a shot at winning this thing. Um, But, you know, tell me how you felt about it as you watched it unfold as you caught your breath, you know, after watching your game the night before? Well, I said on here, and I think you were the only other person that said it, that I hope the Lions win because I wanted wanted the Niners to play the Lions this week. And so Mm -hmm. me and Ty, we we get what we wanted from the beginning of the season. But I told you that the one thing that I was concerned about for the Lions is their inability to slow down the passing attack. Listen, they've played two playoff games. Both of them were home games, and they let up over 700 yards of passing offense. Like, that that's a lot of yards, man. And I understand that their offense is good. Just like Ty knows, right after the draft, I was one of the first people to tell him that Jamar Gibbs was a good pick, that that was going to transcend and change this offense. Because, as you guys know, I, I spent quite a bit of time scouting the upcoming draft, you know, the upcoming draft class and, and seeing these guys when they, they come into the league. But, I mean, the Lions have done a fantastic job of drafting and developing talent. I don't know if it's a schematical thing. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know what the key cog is. Like, you could say it's Cam Sutton, but I don't think it's just Cam Sutton. I'm going to tell you what I think it is. I think that the Detroit Lions are so hell-bent on making sure that teams, for lack of a better term, don't get easy yards on the ground. They have they're they're the number one team in the league on yards per carry, three point seven yards per carry. If you they also are the they also are the team that leads the league in sending an extra man more than any other team for run gap assignment, meaning five or more guys. And they I think they're doing that. Because schematically, I think what what Lewis is trying to do is prevent teams from getting into third and let's just say four or less. But what it does is it creates havoc and it creates issues on the back end. So, you know, obviously right now they're continuing to have success. You know what? I think, you know, as Tim alluded to, and I'm going to, you know, echo his sentiments in the playoffs, it's damn hard to win in the playoffs. And it's even harder to win two games in the playoffs, even if they are home games, especially when they're one-score games. They beat the Rams by one score. The Rams had a chance to win that game late. The Bucs, they beat them by one score. And the Bucs had a lot of opportunities late in that game, as I'm sure you guys know, that could have easily tied that game up. So what, what, what I would like to see for Detroit, not this week, but we'll just say next year, <laughs> <laughs> is they need to they need they need to correct that 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 defense what it could, whether it's schematically whether it's cornerbacks because I think they have the personnel to do it 
I don't think it's a personnel issue. I think it is a schematical issue, personally. Um, but they give up way, way too many yards, way too many yards. And what that translates to is their defense is staying on the field way longer than they need to, realistically. They, they just staying on the field way, way longer than they need to. That didn't that didn't bite you when it when, you know when it came to the Rams. That didn't bite you against Tampa Bay, but when you play better teams, it absolutely could. But kudos to kudos to Detroit, and you know what? I'm just gonna say this: Good luck on your first road playoff game in some time. And I love the Lions fan just to look up the last time you guys won a road playoff game. That'll be an interesting little fun fact for you guys. I'm just going to let you know, none of us in this room were alive when it happened. Yeah, man, it's going to be fun to see it all shake down on Sunday. Um, but I, I, I'm going to pass the ball to my man Chandler up there. Um, Detroit Lions and Tampa Bay Buccaneers unfolded on, on Sunday afternoon, um, just as you got out of church and you just got done with your little afternoon nap. Um, how'd you think it felt? Did, did, did it shake out how you thought? Yeah, I, I... Okay, first of all, we got to start getting people's names right. It's Dan Campbell, not Dan Quinn. It's Jameer Gibbs, not Jamar. And it's Amon Ra, not Mumra. Okay? <laughs> we ain't playing Thundercats here. All right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but we... <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I heard the first two yeah. channels. I didn't hear nobody say Moomra, but that was yeah, funny. I, I, I just threw that in. Moomra, you don't have to go. You don't have to talk. You can moon. That's it. We're good. We're good. Oh, Undercats. Ho. You know? That's ho. definitely gonna. Hey, that's definitely gonna be a, a TikTok clip, guaranteed. Yeah. No, um, no doubt about it. <laughs> there were two people I told you that would be the cause of the Buccaneers losing. Their last names were Mayfield and Bowles. I told you that Baker Mayfield's going to throw you three balls. They caught two of them. Now, the Detroit cornerbacks, maybe they go. I know Dick LeBow's 86. Give him some HGH, something. Get a damn corner who can actually cover. Dick LeBow at 86 years old could probably still cover better than any of the corners right now. And for those that don't know, Dick LeBow's one of the best cornerbacks in the history of the Detroit Lions. Yes, sir. Okay. For y'all that don't know. But Baker did what Baker does, which is give the ball away. And Todd Bowles, even after the interception, had an opportunity. He had one timeout left. Okay? The Lions, for whatever reason, didn't really burn the clock right. If you call the timeout and make them try the field goal, even if they make it, it's an eight-point game. You got 39 seconds. Who's to say what happens? Instead, mm -hmm. he put it in his pocket and said, well, we wouldn't have got it anyway. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? This ain't the first time Todd Bowles has kept timeouts in his pocket in the game. His Listen, give your team a chance. I don't care if it's a Hail Mary from 70 yards. Stranger things have happened. I'm just saying. So it, it turned out exactly like I thought it would because Todd Bowles was the coach. And Baker Mayfield was the court was the quarterback, but listen, Detroit. Okay, go dig up Night Train Lane, go dig up Lim Barney. Like I said, give Dick LeBeau some HGH. Y'all better learn to cover Sam to some damn body because it's gonna get ugly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I wanted to double click on that as I, as I threw it at Royce. Um, there's a lot of questions about what Todd Bowles did um, late in that ball game regarding the timeouts and, and play caught situation and the conspiracy theorists are, are, are going crazy. Um, as a matter of fact, my man said he quit on the Bucks. You know, I, I, I can't argue against that, to be painfully honest with you, Tim. Um, but Royce, um, give me your position on how that game unfolded. And if you want to elaborate on what, what, what Tim posted in, in, in the, in the comment section or what channel alluded to, uh, be my guest, man, this, it, I, I have, I have questions I need answers to. I thought this game was a test of character for the characters involved from the Mayfields to Bowles to, uh, Gibbs. Golf, I'm on Rock, St. Brown, like everybody, every character was being tested. His character was being tested. Was he going to show up and be better than what he was seen as, or was he going to just be who he's been to this point? Some guys passed their test with flying colors, and others failed the test. We see it in the result. Baker did exactly what Chandler told us he was going to do. Chandler sat here last week and told us Baker Mayfield was going to give the Detroit Lions three opportunities. He gave the one very early. Took him a while to give up the second one, but two out of three ain't bad if you're a Detroit Lions fan. And you were waiting for that. And it came. When it comes to uh, what I've I think about where the lines are right now. I get it. The secondary is, is, is suspect, but I feel like they passed the test as Brian was breaking down, you know, uh, what they're able to do in terms of, you know, stoppage of the run and where they rank in the NFL with that. Clearly the character of the team in the locker room is being tested. Do we have confidence in this secondary, will we continue to believe in one another? Will we fight for one another? Will we play for one another, regardless of how close it is? Look, I don't care if anybody's within a, a, a one score, whether that be a touchdown or a field goal. It's still sports. And last I checked, most American sports, if you're ahead by one, when there's nothing left on the clock, you are the victor. That being said, we might be surprised to find out that come uh, this upcoming Sunday, uh, the Detroit Lions just might have the San Francisco 49ers where they want them. And I'm not trying to get into a preview, but I'm just trying to explain myself. What I mean by that is I would much rather the 49ers feel like they could pick the Lions apart as a viewer and attack through the air and hand that ball off to McCaffrey. Because if they let that man two clock all day, <clears throat> it could be tough. I mean, it could be hard to come from behind, right? So who knows how things set up and why they set the way they do. The Detroit Lions are a great story. I thought it was a great game. I look forward to it. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, this Sunday and all the matchups. Hey, yeah, serious, real quick. Talk to me. Just a just a quick point on what Chandler mentioned, and I appreciate him uh, bringing it up because it's something that nobody brought up, and and uh, 
I, I forgot to mention, but the uh, end of the game with Todd Bowles is is really despicable if you think about it. Because so so two things happen here if you think about it, right? So number one, the Detroit Lions did make a mistake. They hiked the ball about 13 seconds too early. We all know that. You know what? You're excited. You've got an opportunity to close out the game. But as Chandler alluded to, calling the timeout immediately after that, even if they score a touchdown, is going to give you about 30 seconds to win the game. Now, flip this game around. Think about think about Dan Campbell. See what I did there? I didn't even say Quinn. You got he the name right. Go, he would go for it fourth and 40 on his own one-yard line with one second to go. Like, there, there's no kneeling the ball. He's going to fake punt with his water boy. Like, he'll figure out a way. And it's like, it's just such a polar opposite in styles. And you know what? You know, I I try really hard not to chastise the guys like Bulls that are the strong kind of quiet type, right? Because Tony Dungy is like that, but I think Tony Dungy is a hell of a coach. And I think a lot of people get on him because they assume – you know, when you're a strong, quiet type, that means that you don't care. The issue is, is Tony Dungy is a master of schematics. I feel like Todd Bowl just completely whiffed the scenario there. It is the playoffs, boys. I don't care. You know what? I, I've said this before. I don't agree with the 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 the, the Mark Chimera comments about, you know, hitting people late. I'm sure you guys heard those comments, hitting people late. You know, and get, it's okay to get a flag and hit people late. Like, I don't condone cheating, but I think what he's trying to get across and what needs to be brought up here is this is playoff freaking football, man. I, you know what? If the Detroit Lions are trying to kneel this game out, you know what? You you bunch up in the A-gap and you try to knock that sin over. Cre- create a fumble. Like, do something. Don't start shaking hands with 35 seconds to go. Like, there is a real problem in the culture of the game when 40 seconds to go in a one-score game and, and the guys are like, you know, high-fiving and, you know, hey, let me get your jersey and this and that. Like, nah, you know what? You you do, They should be treating every game like you just said something about my mama. You know what I mean? Like, there is it, – it, it's become way too corporate for some of these NFL franchises. And to me, that is the biggest indicator that the coach and the players, there's a disconnect because – what that coach, what the coach is hoping to get, and what the players are doing, the the, the the players are a direct reflection of the coach. If the coach don't care, the players are not going to care. And and there's no better example of that, boys, than the Raiders. You know what? McDaniel's is there. Nobody wants to play. Nobody wants to win. Nobody wants to do anything. Pierce comes in. All of a sudden, everybody's trying. Everybody's playing hard. Everybody wants to win. And and I'm I hate to say it. But Bowles is the problem here. And Chandler, you hit the nail on the head, my friend. As much as we battle back and forth head-to-head, that is really the story of this game. Listen, Baker Mayfield may have cost them the game with the turnovers, but it is really despicable with 30 seconds left to go in a divisional game that you would not – I don't care if there was one second left to go and Ty's trying to nail it. I'm trying to put my helmet in his kneecap. You know what? I'm trying to make him fumble the ball. Like, it, it is what it is, man. Like, this is playoff football. Like, you guys need to start acting like it. And you know what? The Bucks are high-fiving and saying hi to people with 30 seconds to go. It was it was disgraceful to me. And yeah, I agree. Either you're, either you're unprepared or you're stupid. 
like Bowles is a good guy. He's a nice guy. But your job as a head coach is to give your team a chance to win. And you didn't do that. Like, there's no excuse for that. Like, Chandler knows better than that. It, like, listen, Woody Hayes went for two when they were up 50 to 14 against Michigan years ago. And what did he say? Because they wouldn't let me go for three. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's the mentality you should have had. And at least the do at all costs get all the points you can to give your ch- the team a chance to win, and you didn't do that. You failed the assignment. So, as, this is the guy that what won ten games for the Jets and didn't make the playoffs, and then mm-hmm. you know, pooped the bed two years later and was out of a job. And he's a nice guy, but yeah. you're you're right. You're right, Chandler. You're right, Brian. It's on him. Like the Lions beat you up. And you had a chance to keep to to keep this game going, and you quit. You gave up. You, you know, Man, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing a lot of people. I'm hearing a lot of people talk about this one timeout when they got the pick. It was one timeout, and mm-hmm. as soon as they knew that they didn't they didn't call the timeout, and the Lions looked at it like he's not doing it. I get it. Mm-hmm. I understand. But even if he did call that timeout, the way that offense was moving, or if Baker gets the ball back, I don't believe Baker's going to do it in 30, 30 seconds. Ty, it doesn't matter if you don't think you're going to do it. The point is, you've got 30 seconds. Hold on. Hold on, real quick. Last year year in the playoffs, hold on. In the playoffs last year, 13 seconds, what did Mahomes do versus the Bills? Tyreek is anybody on Tampa Bay. Tyreek is another speed dimension. Yeah, yeah. and we know no, that no, Detroit's got a thing. problem covering. Hold on, hold on. Okay, okay, so wait, wait. It was, it, it, it was third now. It was third now. He called a time. Wait, no, second going in the third. He called a timeout. How much time is on the clock right here? If he would have called the timeout right after you guys snapped it quick, they would have had about – it was roughly going to be about 31 seconds. 31 seconds. This is, this is third down. This is third down, right? And a field goal down. opportunity. And mm-hmm. let, let's face it, Lions are on, what, their third kicker this year. So mm-hmm. not saying he makes that. Does Campbell ain't going for that on fourth and ten. Are they punting that? Are they taking a long field goal opportunity? B- bottom line, I coach for a living. It's what I do. I would have parents, like I'm, I'm coaching 60 new travel ball. I would have parents lighting me up if I didn't exhaust every resource. That's what I'm saying. Get eliminated, and this mm-hmm. is a professional football team with million-dollar coaches. You have to exhaust every opportunity. Detroit screwed up. That's on them. That's not your job to let them off the hook. It's your job yep. to, to to go after them for blood. I have a saying mm-hmm. for it: It's too many LeBrons, not enough Jordans. That's the way today's mm-hmm. game is played. Everyone wants to be everybody's friend. And and that's that's not the way it used to be. And Bulls let us off the hook on that. He really did. And he was asked about it in post game, and he said, "Well, they would have just kicked a field goal." Do you know that? Yeah. Do you know that? Do you know how, that you how do you know that field goal? It like, takes a funny bounce, and you got you know one of your guys well, rolling down the sideline. And I mean, and even if even if you make Auburn, it, the Iron Bowl, and even if you make it, Tim, like you said, let's say they make the field goal. How mm-hmm. many times have we seen already in this playoffs, a la the Houston Texas versus the Ravens, where a kick gets returned for a touchdown? Like mm-hmm. to to not do nothing to me is just inexcusable. It, I'd have parents, like Chandler though, said, like. Like you, it's one thing to get out coach. It's a whole nother thing to just quit. Be like, you know what? I'm mm-hmm. I'm done coaching this game. Uh, I, you know what? I, I I'm resigned to losing. Like I don't care hey, if there's one second on the clock. You still got a chance. 
Hey, Royce, talk to me, man. You had your hand up. Yeah. Talk to me, dog. It's a thing, man. You know, I would say all the time in my travels as coach, life is a sport. Play to win. And somebody would say to me every now and then I catch, I catch somebody who doesn't really get it. And they'd be like, well, why do you think we're playing? Like, we're always playing to win. Like, no, you're not. Like, people don't always play to win. And this is what we are discussing. You're talking about what it actually looks like when somebody does not play to win. Until there are zeros on the clock, you must play to win, regardless of the score. Herm Edwards said well, that. You they they, 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 do the it, they do it in every sport. Guys yeah. get mad in basketball when somebody keeps on scoring and they're down 15 or 20. If you didn't want me to keep trying to score, you should have never got down by 15 or 20. Don't get mad because I'm not holding the ball for the last 30 seconds. Same right. thing in football. We all know you don't end the game with timeouts in your pocket. Are you collecting them? Are you taking them home? Are you going to hang them on your wall or something? That's a no-no. Everybody knows that here. So it's a real deal to drive the point home to all our listeners, to all the fans. Shout out to Tim for, you know, being an example to the kids and the parents in his circle as a coach. We will play to win, period. We're going to try and find a way because that's what life is about. You have to make adjustments. And you have to figure out how to make adjustment. If the time runs out on you, if the clock expires and you can't get it done, then we get it. But to not try, that's, man, that's, that's I, like a I said, it was a test of character for all the characters involved. You, and he failed his test. I don't know if he get fired for this. this, this I, is a say, you, you, I, you I don't know how, after that because it's culture. I don't know how you bring him back. Yeah, that's culture. Tampa, like, listen, that's Tampa. Exactly. Tampa is not interested in winning football. I'm just going to keep it 100 with you guys. They're not. <laughs> you know what? They're, they're happy to make the playoffs. They weren't even expecting to do that this year. You know what? Tom Brady only went there because Arians basically begged and pled to get them there, which is why they won a Super Bowl. They're not interested in winning. Think about Think about this. Look over the course of the last four or five years, how many free agents they've allowed to leave their team and go sign elsewhere. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm sorry, they're just they're just not interested. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. I, I I tell people this all the time, and I'm a firm believer in this. Don't judge people by what they say to you. Judge people by what they do. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and if you judge them by what they do, they're speaking a whole lot louder than their words. Absolutely, right. absolutely. Yeah. Again, and I'll just say two things, and I'll let it rest for for you guys. Like, you look at the miracle in the Meadowlands, right? They you make them snap the ball. Because look, you know, Herm Edwards returns that kick after, you know, not that um that snap, that fumble, right, in the Meadowlands years ago in the 70s. That's why you make them snap the ball, at least make them snap the ball. That's your job, right? And like let's think about it. If this was McCarthy did that for the Cowboys, we're killing him. We're no, saying yeah. he's fired. It's a fireable offense. So TP to your question, that's a fireable offense. Now, is Arians gonna do it? No, because he handpicked them. He handpicked him as his successor when he retired. So he's not going to get rid of Bowles. And, but that's a fireable offense. Anywhere else, you're gone. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's it's crazy yeah. to me. It, it's absolutely crazy. But it's a difference in yeah, culture, exactly. right? Because look at the Lions. Like, the, the, they had absolute faith in Dan Campbell, especially, at, like, into last year when they got off to a bad start. And they built a culture of saying, no, we're sticking with this guy. We're going to win with this guy. 
and you know they're seeing the fruits of that labor now. You look at the Bucks. This is what they're. This is where you're headed, man. This is. It's 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 a fireball offense for me. Hey, real Chandler, quickly, not to, to not to not to get off, and I'll oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Chandler. I was just going to tell you something else. Go ahead. I was going to say when you guys talk about Tampa, keep in mind that the Glazer family is more interested in Manchester United and selling mm. shares of Manchester United That's than right. they are about about winning with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, That's right. Because right now, by bringing Bowles back, and they've already said they're going to bring Mayfield back, what you're telling me is you're okay with mediocrity. Absolutely. Yep. That's what you're telling me. You're Facts. telling me yep. you're okay with filling the stadium. You're okay with um, being just good enough to win a game in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And that's it. But you know what? Let's go worry about Manchester United because we need to keep selling shares so we can make that money. Yep. Yo, mediocrity is a real thing in professional sports, regardless of what sport we're talking about. You see it all the time, guys. Like the owners just get to those places where it's like, all right, how much do we have left? What are we spending? What's the current payroll? What's the cap? Who do we have under contract for how long? Is this serviceable? Where will mm-hmm. that put us? How many picks can we get? Blah, 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 blah. Like, and it's just doing yeah. business, my guy. You know yep. what I'm saying? And so they get through until they ready to turn their, you know, attention and their heart back to it. And then they say, okay, now the window's right for us. Maybe we'll go for it. Let's really pursue winning something. Otherwise, it's like, let's keep selling the fan base, get the merch, get the tickets, and we're out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. How, how, how can Jerry Jones, to go off topic, at eighty-one years old, saying he's his his time is ticking, he doesn't know how much longer he. But then you turn around and you bring this coach back for another year, accept that mediocrity, but then don't give him a contract extension or anything like that. It's it's because why? Because it's the most valuable franchise in sports, or one of the most valuable. I think Manchester United, Channel Ray, is probably the most valuable in the in the in the in the world. But Dallas is top. <laughs> that you're ex- you're accepting me. Why? Because you want you want to be the guy that's in control. You want to be the one that says, "Oh, I brought the championship, not Bill Parcells, not Jimmy Johnson. It's me. It's me. I got Mike McCarthy. I will do what I say. I get to go on the radio, talk my junk every Tuesday. Like I'm the one that built this team. But you're accept. You got Bill Belichick available." Right now, if he was the coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks, I bet you they call that timeout. And it, mm-hmm. and, and I agree with you, TP. It has no bearing on the game as far as like the Lions were the better team; they deserved to win that game. But you 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 can't tell me that Belichick wouldn't call that damn timeout. That's the problem. That's the problem down there. <coughs> Here's a bigger problem, too, boys. So Tampa Bay's got about forty-two million in cap space next year. Mm-hmm. They got to sign draft picks. They got to sign a few things. Yeah, a lot so of gonna bring to it, They're going to bring it down to about $32 million. Now, here, here's their list of unrestricted free agents. Now, keep in mind, these are all guys they could have already signed if they wanted to. Mike Evans, Devin White, Levante David, Baker Makefield, William Golston, Antonio Winfield. They, I mean, there is a slew of guys. They're not going to be able to bring all these guys back. Right. So that's why right. I said they're not interested in winning because the reality is if you know, for example, you're not going to be able to bring back Mike Evans – why would you not try to trade him and get a pick a la what Washington did? Why would you not try and move Baker Mayfield and try to get, you know, tra- trade whatever you have to to try and trade up and get, you know, uh, May or 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 Williams in the draft? Like, 
like the mediocrity is is horrific. You know what I mean? Like, like we can say all we want about Washington, but you know what? At least Washington has the gumption to say, hey, you know what? I'm willing to trade three first round picks for Robert Griffin. I'm willing to move star players like Chase Young and Sweat to try and get picks to restock the cupboard. Mediocrity is doing the same thing, what they're doing now, doing insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. And that's what they're going to do. They're just going to re redo the same cycle, rinse, re- wash, rinse, repeat next year with Baker Mayfield again with slightly less talent. Because they're not going to be able to resign Mike Evans. Tom, let's talk to me. You want to say something real quick before we move? No, no, you go on because I, I the, the next one I, like my my pot is boiling on the next one. That's what I've been waiting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I, I'm not going to waste anybody's. I'm not going to waste anybody's time. And the Buffalo Bills host the mm. Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. Um, and I gotta go. Lot. I gotta go because I ain't talking to one. I ain't talking to one. Yo, <laughs> talk to me. Everybody, everybody keep letting Josh Allen off the hook. I don't want to hear it no more. I don't want to hear it no more. You at home now. You're not even playing Kansas City in Missouri. Yeah. You in Western New York and still can't seal the deal. I this is what bothered me, and I know Tim may get mad at me, but why us as fans or like people around the sport? Love big arm quarterbacks. Like live for the big ball moment. Like can't even be methodical. He was aiming for every ball deep downfield to have an incompletion. You're gonna lose trying to get the big ticket. Like you do this the right way. Just watching how the Bills is doing that is it's like, and and just watching every fan in that stadium be horrified, cleaning that stadium out for twenty dollars to get snow up out of there for nothing, knowing that team let you down. How much were they put in the lap of McDermott? Like. This is incredible that Buffalo cannot beat Kansas City when it counts. They could beat him in the regular season. I give I give Josh Allen all the credit, but how many bullets does Neo keep dodging? That's 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 Keanu Reeves, y'all. Like y'all keep calling him Josh Allen. That's Keanu Reeves, part one, dodging the bullets. Because every year he get away with it, and they give him millions of dollars. Like no, enough is enough. He he got to show up. I don't even want to put the stamp on him like they did Jim Cully back when we was growing up. But what what happened to Diggs lead? What, what happens if none of the pieces are there? That that's that's incredible. That Mahomes still got the all wherewithal to still beat him. Like he can't win that big game at all. It's it's incredible. I, I feel bad for Buffalo. I got people in my family that's Buffalo fans. I got people up there in Western New York shattered. Shattered. There's there's nothing he could say. And if he loses digs, whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? Mm. So I didn't even get a chance to tee this up and Thomas just opened the pot. So I'm just going to spin this around because he's been stewing on that for a minute. Tim, I'm going to come to you, sir. Uh, you did call this last week, man. So talk to me about how you feel. I told you all last week, Josh Allen cannot beat Patrick Mahomes. He mm-hmm. can't. It does not matter what happens. He will lose every single time. Patrick is methodical. He plays a thinking man's game. He gets it done. If the check down's there, he takes it. If the deep pass is there, he takes it. He reads the defense. He makes the play. Josh Allen comes out and just says, you know what? Guns are blazing. Let's fire. And it happens every single time. This isn't something new. This is literally every time they play. It's it's just... You know, there, there's no thought process to it. It's, it's I'm going to out-athlete everybody. That, that's the way he thinks. I'm going to out-athlete everybody. 
and, and it just it ain't gonna work for him. He's not he's not Lamar. Like he's not. He can't run by guys. He he can run at you, but again, you're putting yourself in more harm than than good. It end of the day, man. I mean, the Bills, the Bills got what the Bills deserved. That that's it. They they did not come to play. And they just I mean they they didn't cover well neither. I mean Kelsey was rolling wide open on a wide open. Wide open. I mean that that was that was insane. Like they have one guy to cover and you failed to cover him. There's like in basketball, <laughs> the other guys, you just you just tell Valdez Scantling, self-check. <laughs> like, how are you not <laughs> Kelsey, the one guy on the field that can hurt you? And, and you just yeah. blow it. Like, and it wasn't even scheme related. It was, I'm just going to run straight to the end zone and mm. nobody went with me. Like, even Taylor was impressed. Yeah. <laughs> Hearts and everything. <laughs> oh, honestly, Yeah. Honestly, for me, gentlemen, uh, 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 I'll keep this short and sweet. I saw this coming. Uh, and and to, to be honest with you, um, for, for, for me, it came down to the fact that Josh Allen does not show up big in big games. He's 0-4 versus Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Period. He doesn't show up. And so until he figures it out, until he gets over the hump, I don't give a damn how much money you make. I'm paying you to win in the playoffs. If we're going to crucify Dak Prescott for not getting it done in the playoffs after all that money, we sure as hell better come back around and give Josh Allen some of this smoke because you pay all this money, you talk all this stuff, you do all these things, and when you have to man up and lead your team – you don't do it. It's not like the it's not like the Kansas City Chiefs ran away and hid. It's not like the Kansas City Chiefs blew them out by 50 points or whatever it may be. You had an opportunity late in that ball game to go down and get your team a win, and you come up short. Missing with this whole nonsense that you know what I'm saying Stefan Diggs dropped the pass. He dropped the pass. Missing with that whole point that Shakir missed the ball. It was a bad ball. Miss with the whole point that you forgot the dude in the break in, in the end zone. It was a bad read. At the end of the day, the great quarterbacks of this game find a way to get it done when it matters the most. All year. I'm I, 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 like Brock Purdy. All year, we sat here and we talked about how the Kansas City Chiefs were a a lesser team than the teams that they that they had in the previous years. All year, we talked about how Rice was trash, how Valdez Scantley kept dropping stuff, how Darius Tony kept on lining off and costing his team. And at the end mm-hmm. of the day, when the rubber meets the road, when Patrick Mahomes had the opportunity to step up and lead his team. On the road, mind you, keep in mind, Dawkins was talking junk all year about uh, all, all week about him, him coming on the road. At the yep. end of the day, when it came time for one five to show up and show out, Barry, I told you this brother was going to show up and show out. It wasn't pretty. Nah, he didn't throw for 250 yards and 16 touchdowns. Nah, but when it mattered the most, when they needed to drive to go down the field and get the lead, they got it 
done. And until Josh Allen, Sean McDermott, and the Buffalo Bills grow a pair and figure out how to get it done versus the upper echelons of the AFC, the Buffalo Bills will never win a championship. And it's not like these quarterbacks that they're going to have to face are going anywhere. Lamar Jackson isn't going anywhere. Joe Burrow isn't going anywhere. Patrick Mahomes isn't going anywhere. And Josh Allen pales in comparison to competing versus the upper echelons of this league. Miss me with this whole uh, nonsense that Josh Allen's an upper-tier quarterback. He can't get that shit done. Period. But pass the plate because he preaches. There's levels, there's levels to this. And, and you, you, you said the key word, the key word in that whole thing you just said is the same reason why Josh Allen does not get the hate of Dak Prescott, the word pale. <laughs> I can say that. say that. I can say that. Talk it, Tim. Talk it, Tim. I can say that. You know what the, you know what it is, though? And I'll just take the mic. First of all, there, like I said, there's levels to this, right? Patrick Mahomes is on his own level right now. There's nobody on his level. I don't want to hear it. Lamar is very good. He's on level two. Burrow, when he's healthy, level two. Level one is Patrick Mahomes. He's it. Level three, we could talk about, like, Josh Allen, even if you want to put him on level three, okay? The Buffalo Bills had no business losing this game. They they cried about they don't get it at home. They had he had two opportunities at home to beat Burrow and Mahomes. You didn't do it. Okay. You finally had a home game. It was like to your point, serious. The the Chiefs should have been out of this playoff either in the first round or the second round, right? They lost to the Broncos. They lost to the Raiders. All right. Like be, let's be for real. Okay, they lost some terrible games down the stretch. I didn't think they could put it together. They came out the first two, their first two drives settled for field goals. I was like, here we go again. Like, here come the Chiefs. They can't get it done. They're not going to do it in the playoffs. The Bills outplayed them for three quarters. And then just like you said, Tim and Chandler, they forgot to stick with the game plan. Josh Allen was doing everything right, taking the underneath, Dinky and Duncan, the running game was legit. The whole game, James Cook was on it. Third quarter, they were fine, even though the Chiefs started to go back and forth with him. The, the Bills were still moving the ball up and down the field at will. Fourth quarter comes, Josh Allen, I'm going to be the hero. I could be your hero, baby? No. Trying to throw the deep ball, not taking the underneath, not taking the, the throws over the middle, and, and they stalled on every drive. Like, it was pathetic. Josh Allen is not the reason why they lost this game. Josh Re Allen is the reason why they couldn't win it. That's the difference. He didn't lose the game because Sean McDermott got out coached. If we're having a serious conversation, Josh Sean McDermott, you're coming into my office as if I'm the owner, and you're going to convince me not to fire you because you had every opportunity to win this game. I got Bill Belichick. Taking two interviews with the Falcons. If I said, "Bill, you want to come coach this team?" I bet you he'd come. I bet you come to Buffalo. I bet you he would. So convince me that you deserve this job. That's one, right? So, Stephon Diggs talked all that junk after last year's game was pouting the whole it. off season and dropped the biggest pass of the game. I don't want to hear the pouting. 
from Stefan Diggs. He had nothing to say after that. Or his brother. Or his, or brother. his brother. Exactly. Because the, he pouted on the sidelines after that that um that, that Bengals game. TP called it. And the whole offseason, he was a mess. Couldn't console him. Wanted to get traded. We don't know what's going on with him. He's not happy. And then you got your chance. And can't catch the ball. That's all you get paid to do is catch the ball. Couldn't do it. They couldn't run the ball in the the fourth quarter. This is a team fail. Like I listen, Andy Reid did out scheme Sean McDermott because there was no reason Travis Kelsey should be open. Travis Kelsey lined up every in every position but the booth with his brother Jason with his shirt off. He lined up everywhere on the field and they schemed them open on every play. The linebackers, they had no linebackers, the, the injuries, what have you. So Andy Reid's like, we're going to put him in motion. We're going to line him up at fullback. We're going to line him on the outside. We're going to get him open. They got out coached in that game. Sean McDermott got out coached. Josh Allen got outplayed by Patrick Mahomes. And and now you're talking about an almost $50 million cap hit for a player that's right now John Elway before Terrell Davis rolled into to Denver. That's who Josh Allen is right now. Guy that can't get it done when it counts. Channel, so, talk to me. Y'all gonna make y'all really gonna make me defend Josh Allen. Y'all really gonna make me do it. <laughs> somebody <laughs> gotta do it. Somebody <laughs> should, but he's undefendable, Chandler. Unbelievable. In the first half, Josh Allen threw 14 passes. All of them were screens to the backs. Screens, short passes. They were all short passes, either to the backs, wide receiver screens, bubble screens, you name it. Okay? That's what the offensive coordinator and the head coach were calling. James Cook had 180 rushing yards. 180 in a playoff game. In the second half, Josh Allen threw 14 passes. Would you like to know how many went to a back or wide receiver? How you like to know how many of them were short passes? None of them. That's on the head coach and the offense coordinator. Now, I'm going to give Allen some blame also because you've been the quarterback there long enough where you can check out of that damn play, okay, and check it to the thing that's been working. Andy <laughs> Reid turned into Andy Reid in Philadelphia with – I'm going to stop running the ball. I'm going to call some ridiculous trick play on the goal line that don't make sense with a guy who's already fumbled, and I'm going to let him fumble again. Andy Reid did everything he could to hand this damn game to the Buffalo Bills. Okay? Everything. He he became Andy Reid from Philly. Remember Andy Reid from Philly? Be on the one-yard line in, in shotgun. You're like, Andy, you got Westbrook. Give me the ball. <laughs> and Andy's like, no, no, we go back up. We go take a seven-yard drop. And then we go to toss it to the other guy. And he go kick it to the tight end. And he go drop kick it over to the wide receiver in the corner. Okay? That's the Andy Reid that showed up. Sean McDermott should be fired. I don't want to hear talk save his job. And Sean McDermott should be fired right now. Joe Brady should be fired right now. Because, again, you went away from what was working. You were running the ball. They were, listen, they were in control of this game. Absolutely. They were in control of this game. 180 yards rushing for your running back in a playoff game and you lose the game. I can't put that on Josh Allen. I can put the fact that he he refused to check out of plays, okay? I'll put that on him. 
But I'm putting all of this, I'm putting the majority of it on the head coach, the offense coordinator, because at some point the head coach got to say, dude, why the hell do you keep calling seven-step drops when we've been running the ball all damn game? Why the hell are you calling 20-yard passes when we've been running the ball the whole damn game? I don't want to hear about Stephon Diggs dropping the ball when you stop running the damn ball, which is what got you into this game, which is what had you in control of this game, and which is would have won you the game. Mm-hmm. Had on the last drive where the kicker missed, how many runs were there? None. If you run the damn ball on that drive, you probably get a touchdown. So, yes, Josh Allen bears some responsibility, but the majority of it is on the coach and the offense coordinator. They got to go. They they did that all year, though. That That's I mean, James Cook is is he's he's fire. Yeah, we yeah. trot out the corpse of Latavius Murray and got to go sign <laughs> Leonard Fournette. And, I mean, at what point do you just look at production as a James Cook fantasy owner? I hate Josh Allen and the Bills offense like. Dude was, dude was cooking all year long, and they would do this all year long. Oh, there goes Cook for a twenty yard, twenty yard gain. Got to get Latavius Murray in there for a two yarder, or a negative yard. It just yeah. they did this all year. They shot themselves in the foot all year. But at the same breath, like you said, he has the ability to check out of plays. How many times do we watch a game, watch the quarterback roll up to the line of scrimmage, kill, 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 or we're good, we're good. Boom. But, but Tim, go. didn't I get the offensive coordinator fired halfway through the season? Yeah, Ken Dorsey. Yeah, that I think I think that was the problem. I mean, I, I I'm just I'm I, I can't blame the the play caller because he called a good game, and then when it got tight, they listen. The, you guys are right. If not for that fumble at the goal line, that game's over. It's that over. game's over because you got desperate in your own territory and you run a Demar Hamlin off tackle on fourth and five on a fake punt. That's why you lost the game. Stupid Make, that coaching by Sean McDermott. You got, you got, you, you saw the lights. You got scared, and and then you got desperate. It, it's not on the offensive coordinator. To me, it's on the coach. It's on the head coach. The buck stops with him. He lost that game, and Josh Allen's going to take the brunt of it. He's going to take the blame, and deservedly so for some of it. But at the end of the day. Sean McDermott, you're just good enough to get your team to the playoffs. You're not good enough to get this team to win. And sometimes it takes a different voice, right? Like sometimes you got to coach like 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 Doc Rivers, right? We've already talked about Doc Rivers, a coach that's just good enough to get you to the second round, not good enough to get you to the chip. Maybe they need another voice. Breaking news, talk to me, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a different tack because Chandler's already kind of defended Josh Allen, which kind of threw me for a loop. Tim's basically <laughs> calling the race card, and the rest of you guys are calling for Josh Allen's head. So I'm going to take a, a different tact. When you play playoff football, typically outside of the Ravens game, the games are tight, right? We can all agree with that. Would you guys be surprised to know that in every single game, this past weekend, the team that lost missed at least one field goal. I think it's drastically underappreciated how important it is to have a reliable kicker, to have a guy like Tucker in your back pocket that you can trot out there and it's basically automatic. Listen, <clears throat> everything you guys just said, I, I can't challenge, right? The the whole Nicole Hardman, 140 pounds dripping wet, we're going to run it. Running on the goal line, like 
I, I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and try and justify it with a response or an answer. All I'm going to say is this. Yes, if not for such and such, maybe such and such doesn't happen. But just like I said with Brock Purdy, and it could have very much ended just like the Josh Allen story. But on that last drive that started with about seven and a half minutes left, if memory serves me correctly, he was able to take that ball and take it, drive it down, took off about six minutes off the clock. They were under two minutes when Bass had a kick opportunity. I think it was a 43 or 44 yard field goal and he missed it. Now, granted that still leaves Mahomes with a minute and 20 plus, but at the same time, I think we all have a very different uh, viewpoint on Josh Allen, on, you know, Jordan Love, on, you know, insert team here that lost Tampa Bay. Like all these teams, you know, missed kicks in one score games. Uh, And, you know, it's tough being a kicker because maybe your name is only called one time over the course of a 60 minute period and when that when your name's called the game's on the line and it's a, I gotta have it type moment um but it, it is what it is but I personally thought it was a tale of two halves the first half I thought Josh Allen played pretty well played within himself like Chandler said they weren't trying to overly throw the ball down the field which is something they typically do but another thing that I'm not a huge fan of Chandler alluded to the fact that they racked up 180 yards rushing, but Josh Allen was your leading rusher. I don't love the fact that your quarterback, just like with Lamar, I I praised him. I'm not saying Allen anything negative, but what I'm saying is I don't love the fact that that Allen is your leading rusher, right? I, I don't love the fact that you can't find other ways to scheme up and get guys open that you need to rely on your quarterback essentially to score all your points, right? That the the contributing members, the rest of the team, you know, as as Tim alluded to, Cook has been fire all year long. He's been unbelievable. I think he's probably been, I'm just going to guesstimate, but I'm going to say he's probably top five or six in rushing. He's been really, really good this year. So with that being said, maybe, and Chandler alluded to this a little bit, but maybe, Maybe if he gets more than three carries in the second half, maybe we have a different game. I'm just going to say that. Running backs, as you guys know, it's been a whole long time since I played running back. I'm more like a a nose tackle at this point. But running back is a role that requires feel and anticipation. And it's hard to get in a rhythm when you got three carries over the course of a 30-minute period. And that is, that's 100% on the offensive coordinator. There is no reason in that type of game, when the game flow has not gotten away from you, that 75% of the time you should not be running the ball on first or second down. Get, get, you know what? Let the O-lineman, let the O-lineman fly off the ball and actually impact and drive back. That's what, that's what I, I'm, a, I'm a big ugly. That's what we love to do is push forward and, and make that contact. You don't want people coming into you. You want to be able to make that initial contact. And I think I think that that's where the game really went south, is really the play calling. I'm not going to blame it on Josh Allen. Listen, I'm normally the, the resident defend Josh Allen, as you know. Week after week shows, you guys are like, oh, he's terrible, he's horrible, this and that. And I'm the guy defending him. But what I will say is Chandler is not wrong. Listen, he makes mistakes. I'm not saying he's a top five quarterback, but he's, damn, he, he's for sure a top 10 quarterback. And on top of that, the play flow – and the play calling did not do him any favors. 
you have got to be able to run the ball. Because you know what? Think about this. Even if they're only gaining two or three yards a pop on the run, all of a sudden now play action might actually work, right? Play action opens up. The linebackers are now matched up on Kincaid. Now he's able to spring free. All you need is one or two big plays, and that game is totally different. So I think what happened was Buffalo got real, real tight on the offensive side of the ball. It's almost like they didn't trust their offense to move it. Like, oh, my God, we're playing KC. We know we're always going to lose rather than just saying, hey, you know what? We're playing with house money in front of our fans, our home fans. Let's do what we've done all year long, and let's just, you know, let's just win this game. And that's what it felt like. Perhaps perhaps they didn't get tight, and perhaps they may have gotten too cute. Because if you look at how that game unfolded, you know, you should have kept you should have kept running the football. You should have took the check downs. Yeah. You should have been able to maneuver the football down the field because it wasn't like the Kansas City Chiefs were stopping your intermediate route. Why'd you stop going to your tight end? <clears throat> Why'd you stop using Kincaid and Knox and screams out the backfield? But yet you decide to take bombs, um, you decide to run fake punts, you decide to do the things that get your coordinators killed and give your team less than an advantageous opportunity to win the ball game. Royce, you've been very quiet over there, man. Talk to me, man. How you feel? Man, it bears repeating uh, what's been stated. You do what is working, and you do whatever it takes to win. If it's not broke, you do not attempt to fix it. That's what everybody keeps concluding. We saw this game unfold. First half, the Bills absolutely in complete control. As far as I'm concerned, they have Kansas City right where they should be, and all you got to do is continue this flow until the end of the game. I'm looking at the box score for this game like a basketball box score. So with 26 seconds left of the second quarter, Buffalo scores, makes the score 17-13 at halftime. But Kansas City had a little bit of momentum, right? If I'm the head coach, I'm in the locker room, and I'm saying, it's Kansas City. They're going to probably score a touchdown when they get the ball to start the second half. So I'm not going to be surprised, and we're not going to panic. So it's 20-17. to You get through the fourth quarter. And if I'm reading this right, it says, Kansas City TD. 14 minutes and 20 seconds. That's the time in which they had scored, right? Help me, guys. That's that's right, right? They scored with 14 minutes and 20 seconds still left in the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's only a 15-minute quarter, right? Do you see all the damn time we got to at play least, our style of football to, to, to make least. up the difference of three points? That's right. I'm only down three, bro. Like I don't need two or three <laughs> scores. What the? Hey, man, listen, bro, I promise. While I'm watching this game, I'm looking at whoever's calling the plays and Josh Allen's body language. You put that combination together, and to me, it read: I got to get this guy the ball. I got to try to give this guy the ball. It's almost like. It was the ego thing. The fan, no, 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 no. I'm gonna tell you what's what's bad for all sports, but, and I'm glad Tim mentioned fantasy before I did. And this is almost like watching a bad fantasy game that's being that's dictating reality. We got to get this guy looks or attempts or shots or catches or runs. If not, 
we're going to miss out on people feeling like they had a real chance to, you know, get their money in fantasy or in Vegas or whatever. It was just the goofiest thing that they were trying to get people the ball who had not been receiving the ball, thereby they were not productive. They weren't in the flow. They hadn't been relied on. It's like, I don't care what your name is. So what? Your name is Stefan Diggs. Hey, bro, you ain't been in the game really since the first quarter. I'm not forcing you to ball, period. <laughs> I got this man over here with 180-some yards. He getting the rock. It didn't happen. It was just awful, and I hate to – if I wanted to today, I could have came on here and pretty much chucked everything up to some kind of conspiracy theory. And it's not really a, a, a theory. Shit is accurate. But anyway, the real reality is we fans, we know how it goes. It happens. Unfortunately for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, they did not handle the ball in the movement like they could win. They were moving like they were ahead on the scoreboard. I'm like, bro, why they body language coming off like we got the lead and we don't need to move with a sense of urgency? I'm not saying panic, but you still should execute with a certain sense of urgency. Urgent about what? Urgent about securing victory. Urgent about securing the win by taking care of the ball and running it and getting into the end zone and to get yourself only to a place where you could revisit history and blame it on the kicker wide right again josh allen still can't beat patrick mahomes just to keep revisiting that all over again man that's horrible i i was pissed and i'm not a huge football fan of mm -hmm. any team like that but i was flat out pissed and disappointed because i allowed myself to get caught up in a game and I feel like, yo, they got them right where they want them. And what the hell, man? That was crazy, bro. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, I mean, honestly, we, we can honestly sit here and, 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 and cook this game up for another three hours. Um, but I wanted to give everybody an opportunity to say their final piece on this particular game before we shut it down. Uh, Chandler, talk to me. You got anything else you wanted to ask, sir? Fire Sean McDermott. Short and sweet to the point. Short and sweet to the point. Time that she's been quiet over there, man. Talk to me, man. How you feel? I had the clip out. I'm good. I don't need to pick on okay. Josh no more, man. He did. The crazy thing about it is, is how do we approach next season? I want to see how that offense look. Do they get a running back like James Cook is good? So he, he's a scat back. We'll see how long that lasts. They'll, they'll probably scheme for him. It, it can't be Josh Allen every game because I want to say in about three or four years, something's going to happen. I'm not wishing that for him, but you putting him in harm's way with defense got the scheme to lay him out. So they got to stop him. I, I'm I'm man. from the early 90s era of a movie called The Program, man. And they said, kill them all. Let God man. sort them out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to wish. I don't want to wish L or Doom or Gloom on anybody, but the fact they hit that fake slot on my boys, man, and, and still kept trucking. Yeah, I'm gonna leave that alone, man. I, 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 I ain't gonna do that. Who, who, who's your boys? Sam, talk to me, man. Um, anything else you want to say before we we, we, we put this game to bed? Yeah, you man. Man? <laughs> I don't see the real the black I and gold today. 
I'm done. I'm done with this guy today. I'm done with this guy today. I'm done with this guy. <laughs> Tim, talk to me, Boo. man. Uh, I, I think we cooked. I, I think we cooked them enough. I bet. I mean, bet. you know what? I got. I got to chime in, man. And I, I we said it. Give Andy Reid and, and, and fifteen credit, man. Like, give them, give them, give them their flowers. Like, everybody talked about how this dude he can't win on the road. He ain't gonna do it this year. And we said, I said it. I apologize. I, I underestimated the greatness of, of Patrick Mahomes. Maybe I wanted to because I was Tyler Taylor Swift. Maybe I wanted to underestimate. But this dude, it's gonna be hard next week for Lamar Jackson to get a dub just because 15 is on the other side. And that you we, you know, we I think we take greatness for granted a lot of times. I know I do. I was used to watching Jordan. I got spoiled being able to watch him. And it's like you get spoiled watching six years. This guy is is making his case and he's on his way to being the one of the great, if not the greatest quarterback. And we we're witnessing it. And nothing he does makes us come up short of that. Like we just gotta get yeah, we can kill McDermott needs to probably go. Josh Allen can't get it done, but Patrick Mahomes, man. He's that dude. Yeah, yeah. Breaking news. Talk to me, man. Anything else you want to say before we you, you say we clean this up, right? Yeah, you know what, man. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think you guys have pretty much hit on everything, but uh, yeah, I, I I'm just gonna hit on what Barry said, which is I think the word greatness or great is way, way too often overused in sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very yeah. rarely do you see greatness, and um, we've all been fortunate. I could tell by the age of everybody. We've all been fortunate enough to see great, right? You mentioned Jordan, Gretzky, you know, uh, Barry Sanders for the for the Detroit fans here. Uh, I mean, there we have seen we have seen great players. They all play different lengths of time. They might not all play twenty years. They might not play. Some of them might play eight years, but. The point is, is if they make an imprint and they make an impact on the game, and that's what Patrick is doing. Listen, this is the sixth consecutive year that he's made it to the AFC championship game. Let that sink in. The only other quarterback to do that, Tom Brady, eight years in a row. So to make it six years in a row is something pretty incredible. And this is the first, by the way, that that game that he just played in Buffalo – that was his first road playoff game. That's how dominant a quarterback and team they've been. I'm convinced that this at this point, you could literally just take everybody on this podcast and this could be his wide receiving core and he'd still win. I still got burners. Don't get it twisted. I got bro. hands, bro. <laughs> I don't know, man. Don't get it twisted for yourself. Punk. I, I, I can I can go down. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I might be able to get hamstrings, but I'll get it's that guy. It's ball. funny because you guys are all talking, but I still believe Chandler probably smoke all you. <laughs> I don't want none of, I, I don't I don't want no smoke from that. I don't want no smoke yeah. from that. None at all. None at all. With no, that I'm being definitely. said, with that being said, we're gonna shut it down, man. Um, breaking news. Give us a plug and a close out. We shut it down this evening, sir. Listen, you know what? It's always always a pleasure. Uh, check out the website, sporty, sportcitychefs.com. The boys have definitely been putting in some work. Love the finger foods, Barry, and serious you guys uh, do. Make sure you check us out on TikTok. Like, love, share. Uh, the YouTube clips, uh, you know, they're, 
They're awesome. You guys have been doing a fantastic job and uh, look forward to uh, talking about the games next week. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks for coming by, kicking it with us. Royce, man, give us a plug and a close up. You shut it down, my man. Thanks for coming by, kicking it with us, man. Man, the crossover cafe, loading on dial up, coming soon. He said, Lo, they're going to dial up. I'm done with this guy. Thanks so much, sir, for coming by, kicking it with us, man. <laughs> Tim, man, talk to me, man. Give me a plug and a close up and shut it down, sir. Again, it was another fun week. Um, I don't know if y'all have a preview show going on or whatever, but um, all in all, man, it was fun. Might have to get back in here a little bit more often. Something might be in the works with that. It's been a long time coming. Long time coming. Checking the schedule. We'll see how it goes, but Really hoping to get something going here, man. I appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all, uh, you know, chopping it up with me tonight. Yes, sir, man. You know what? You always got a chef's hat. Whenever you're ready to go, man, reach out. We'll definitely get you in here. Uh, baseball's coming around, and I know that's your sweet spot. So get, get, reach out, man. We, 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 we got some work for you, man. Thanks for coming by kicking it with us, dog. Um, Chandler, man, give us a plug in the closet. We shut it down, my guy. Um, as always, it's fun. I'm only gonna say this one time, and I'm never talking about the ML, the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame again. But Todd Helton and Joe Mauer are not damn Hall of Famers. Oh boy, in the store. All are good, all are very good. Um, as always, a lot of fun. And you know, for veterans, family members of veterans, friends of veterans, 988 option one. It's not about suicide prevention so much as it is about reaching out when you're struggling, reaching out when you need somebody to talk to. 22 veterans commit suicide every day. We need to get that number down to zero. Say yes to life. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Chandler, man. Again, I, I always echo that um, as, 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 as a veteran, as a, uh, a veteran spouse, excuse me, man. My wife hits that number up so many dang on times, man, and just, just to talk. So definitely make yourself available to that. TP Thomas, talk to me, man. Give me a plug and a close up and shut it down, my guy. This is this is a public service announcement from the good folk of Sports City Chefs Records. Sports Uh-oh. City, I'm at an emotional high right now. All week is gonna be like this until Sunday. We'll lose a draw, man. Everybody from the 313, put your mother effing hands up and follow me. <laughs> if y'all don't know who said that, go look it up in the dictionary. If not, y'all can go check out the movie. It should be on your Netflix or whatever you need to do. But it's about a city where they rap battling and they called out Clarence. His real name is Clarence. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now nah, they, they know. know. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Tom, for kicking it with us, man. Villain, you know what to do, man. Give us a plug and a close up. Shut it down, my guy. Yeah, I appreciate everybody coming in. It's so good to see Tim, man. Tim, we got to get back in the, the building, man. Breaking news. Uh, Royce Chandler, always good to see you, my brother. TP Timeless, looking great, man. Love seeing you, brother. Listen, we back. We are cooking. We're doing big things in here, man. SportsCityChefs.com. 
Uh, we we streaming now. We we everywhere, man. Come find us. We gonna put we gotta put this on Spotify. Here we gotta make sure that gets popping everywhere so everybody can eat. You, you know, however you eat, like Roy said, you got you gotta dial up. Eat on the dial up. We'll, we'll, we'll check you eat out. Eat on the dial up, man. Yeah, we gonna <laughs> feed you. However we gonna feed you. You know, what I mean, paper plates. You know, gourmet plates. You know, we gonna feed you. So, nah, I love it, man. I, I love the energy, man. Let's keep it going, man. Much love, serious. Good job, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. You know, man, it's your boy, Sirius, up in that 412 and the 703, man. I don't do this by myself, as you all see, man. I got a slew of brothers that are with me. Shout out to my man, Jared, for helping me with everything, man, designing everything for me, man. Shout out to them guys at Nonsense and Deep Thoughts uh, for rocking it with us, man. We got a lot of stuff cooking here in 2024, like my man said. Um, check out the website, the blogs. We on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, or excuse me, X. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. My man said the crossover cafe coming back. So I'm looking forward to, you know, kicking it with him on that, man. I got my man Tim in the building, who's a baseball aficionado. Um, so I'm looking forward to talking Yankees and, you know, all, all that fun stuff, man. But as TP said, man, tell a friend to tell a friend. It's the chefs again. And if they don't know, man, now we know, man. We'll catch you on the next one. Yeah.